Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe this message will encourage you, it will inspire you, and it'll help you live the supernatural lifestyle of faith. We want you to live this supernatural lifestyle of faith, not have supernatural moments, but have it as a lifestyle. So we put all of this content out for you to receive so you can grow and live the life that Jesus made available for you. To find more information about our ministry and our resources, you can visit us at FCCGA.com or you can download our Faith Plus app. Our Faith Plus app has thousands of hours of faith building content and it's available in your app store right now. Open your heart. God's going to share something special to you through this message. It's very important, saints, that we are patient. Not just in this season, we have to be patient throughout our entire time here on this side of heaven, but major on the patience now because some of you are looking at the works that God is doing in your life currently and you're confused because it doesn't seem to make any sense and or it's going too slow. And don't be moved by how you feel. You can never be led by your emotions. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. What the Lord is doing to the detail right now in your situation is exactly the perfect thing to be done in this time, but not even just for today. It's for the future. And it goes so much further than just what he has in store for you in the present and in the future. You're going to connect with someone that you don't even know now. And the work that he's doing in your life will be a blessing to that person who is a stranger to you right now. And these small little tiny details is what's going to bring about transformation. Pave the way for miracles. It's similar to, well, I'm not sure if it's similar, but I'm thinking of, uh, you know, when people, if you cook, when, okay, people who can cook. You like to cook, or you love to cook, or you cook, raise your hand. All right. <laughs> um, well, today I was preparing dinner for us later. Uh, this morning I was preparing dinner that we'll have later today, right? But this dish required multiple days of preparation, and it included various different steps, right? I had to um, soak the food. Um, sometimes, not this time, but sometimes I'll go as far as sprouting certain things, which then I have to take even longer. So maybe for a meal that's going to be three, four days down the road, I'm doing something, you know, prepping on that day. Nonetheless, there's a lot of different ingredients that go into the meals that we prepare for our families. And those of you who cook know all of those things matter, right? All of the seasoning matters. You need to have all of the ingredients. <laughs> you have to have the time. You don't need to rush this or it's probably not gonna work out, right? <laughs> yes, it's not gonna work out. However, some, like, in some of your lives, God is, is just telling you to get the pepper. <laughs> and you're talking to him about all that you believe you need and what needs to happen and what you think is going to come in the future. And God is preparing you for so much more. First of all, you're thinking too small, but he's preparing you for it. But right now, you just need to go to the store and buy the pepper, right? And if we want to get even more, you know, into it, when you think, I mean, even with how the food is prepared, how did the food get to me? How did it get to the store? Who grew it? It took time for the person to grow those beans that you are eating today or the rice that you are eating today. It took time for the fish to grow to that size before you, the person caught it and, and then, you know, all the rights processes were followed so that you don't get sick 
and then it's the right price so that you can purchase it for your family. It's a lot of details that were involved with the pepper all by itself, right? <laughs> so it may not make sense, but in this season, God is making sure that you have every ingredient that you need, and it takes time. And you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you don't know this recipe. You can, it is impossible for you to make this work. You will never be able to make this work. God is the only one that can do this work in your life. He is your source. He is for you. He is working on your behalf. When he tells you to go to sleep, it's because that's what works, and he's still working on your behalf. While your eyes are closed and you're resting, your body is healing, and your body is getting everything it, it needs, God is working while your eyes are closed and your head is laid on that pillow on your behalf, not just in that situation that he told you not to worry about, but in so many other situations that you do not know about, nor will you know about, because great and mighty is your God. And when he tells you to go to the store to pick up the pepper, that's all he needs you to do. Go to the store, pick up the pepper. He's going to take care of everything else. And we won't know how. We won't know. And in the meantime, he's going to teach us what it really means to be humble. <laughs> teach us what it really means to rest. Teach us what really matters, because it's not the bag. It's not the money. <laughs> it's that person to your left or to your right that you prayed for, that you believed God for. And now he's restoring relationships that shouldn't have taken that turn in the first place, but nonetheless, he's making it right. He's healing your heart. He's teaching you how to bind wisdom around your neck and giving you the leeway <laughs> to learn to never let it go. Do not let wisdom go for any reason. Not because you feel embarrassed. Not because... You're impatient, not because everybody else is doing something different, not because of any reason should you ever let wisdom go, right? And as you do it again and again and again, he's teaching you, he's giving you, there's this leeway to grow and to learn. It's a part of the process, but it matters that you're doing what he's telling you to do now. He's telling you to exercise now. It don't look right or feel right to you. It's, it's a lot going on because you have not been exercising. But he's telling you to do it now so that 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, he will lead you and guide you every single day of your existence into all truths and every area all the time without fail independent of mistakes you've made if you miss the mark or not you are his you are his beloved and that has not changed so he is trying to get you to the place where he needs you to be in this season because the door is gonna open for some of you the door is gonna open but you have to be prepared ready and available and whole to walk through it. You have to be healed to walk through it. If you walk through the door broken in this broken state for some of you, you're not gonna live past 
too much past the point. And he loves each and every one in this us in this room and online too much for that. So he's trying to get it through your head <laughs> that you need to pick up the Bible and read it. You need to apply this to your everyday life. You need to learn not to be moved by your emotions, but only by the word of God. You need to listen and seek guidance from the Holy Spirit every day, all day. And you need to follow his processes and principles no matter what, all the time, consistently, because that is how we are victorious. And you know, when we do that, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It, it can't. The enemy actually cannot touch you. Not a hair on your head. He cannot touch you. He does not have authority to touch you. And we shouldn't be making these choices out of fear. And don't, don't let fear have a place. If you realize that, that you're doing anything because of fear or that you're in fear, resist fear. Say no to fear. I say no all the time to all types of things all day long. My kids hear me all the time. I'm like, no. <laughs> I tell them why I'm saying no. But if there is, uh, if I, you have to use your authority. You have to speak. So you resist fear. You say no to fear. Say there's no fear here. There's no fear here. Amen. Because grace and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And all of heaven is backing you. So very exciting things are happening. God is doing such a great and mighty work in this season. He just needs you to be consistent. He needs you to learn how to be. Some of you need to learn how to be bored well. No, some of you younger saints are throwing it all away because you feel bored. You're making reckless, foolish choices because you are bored. So we, you have to let the Holy Spirit teach you how to be <laughs> bored and it'd be okay. Read a book. Take a walk. Go outside. There are so many other things that we could be doing in life, but some of you are making extremely foolish choices, dangerous choices, reckless choices, even to your own physical body because you're bored. Also, God has already instructed some of you in that category in regards to the, you know, the people you're talking to, uh, to do something. You're supposed to be doing something. He's already told you to do the thing, but you haven't done that. If you actually do that, step out on faith, you won't have a lot of time to be this bored. But um, he knows you, and he's, he wants you to experience life and live John 10, 10. I'm going to read it to you today from the Amplify Classic Edition. John 10, 10. It says, A thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came, Jesus says, that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it what? Till the what? He wants you to have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. So let's say your life is like this cup. God wants to fill you till you overflow. And some of you are like, oh, I believe that, Pastor. I receive that. And you confess, and he said, oh, my life's going to overflow, and I'm going to enjoy my life. But let's just try to fill up this cup real quick. Pastor Kirk, can you help me with this? God wants your life to be full till it overflows. And he's here today to pour into you. 
so that you overflow. Don't you believe that God's here to pour into you so you overflow? <laughs> but I think there could be something wrong with this cup. <laughs> because if I keep pouring, it's going to keep going out. We want to be holy people, but not <laughs> holy like this. Because some of us, God's been pouring, but we've been leaking. A lot of you are like, I'm going to secure the bag. I'm going to secure the bag. I'm going to secure the bag. But baby, you've been securing bags with holes in it. And so you're hustling. You're doing all you know. And you get it, but all of a sudden, it's not in your hands no more. You earn the money, but all of a sudden, it's out the door. You did all the things you need to have a good life, but now life ain't that good. And so my question to you today is the title of my message, are you securing bags with holes in them? Are you securing bags with holes in them? John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. Now, as we talked before, that Greek word for thief lets you know that Satan is a pickpocket. So he's not like a robber. He's not just going to show up and jump you. He prefers to steal from you, and you don't know you're being stolen from. Or he prefers to steal from you through methods that you don't think will steal from you. So many of you engage with the thievery of the devil all the time because you enjoy that method of thievery. Because the culture has told you it's okay. The world has told you it's okay. It says it's okay to live this way, but you don't realize that pickpocket has been picking your life. And when you run into the results of these decisions, oh, God's mad at me. It wasn't God, baby. It was you. You participated with the pickpocket. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Let's start with verse 6. Are you securing bags with holes in them? Galatians chapter 6, verse 6 is, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that will he also reap. So we see the introduction to this passage here is about finances. But then when he says whatever, it goes beyond just financial sowing to whatever you sow. And he says, For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. That word corruption means destruction, perishing, decay, and ruin. That word corruption means destruction, perishing, decay, and ruin. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting or everlasting life. And it's not talking about the life when you die. It's talking about the life now. The life Jesus said, I've come that you might have that life to the full, to it overflows. So we see Jesus has already provided the life. How you realize that? That Jesus has provided the life. But how much you experience it is not up to your beloved Jesus. Right here, it talks about what you sow. So what you've been sowing. You know, I was reading through the Psalms and going through the Psalms right now. And you know, when David was praying about judgment, and he talks about judgment coming on enemies, the judgment is that they receive the repercussions of the, of the actions. Do you know that's a law on the earth? It's called the law of seed time and harvest. What you sow, you will eventually reap. What you sow, you will eventually reap. As I mentioned earlier, you sow hate, you will reap haters. You don't want to post on Facebook or TikTok or whatever saying, you know, I got all these haters, I'm a prosperous face of my haters. Well, maybe you got haters because you've been a hater. All people trying to cancel me. Did you sow cancellation? You canceled others? You got canceled yourself. Sometimes it ain't the devil. Sometimes it's just you. Sometimes Satan doesn't have to be the pickpocket. You just hand it over to him. You can't control your mouth. And so you just hand this stuff to the devil all the time. He just got to stay there and just receive from you. He didn't got to steal. He just standing there. You just hand this stuff away because your mouth just be going. You talk about yourself bad, you talk about your spouse bad, you talk about your kids bad, you talk about your parents bad, you talk about the president bad, you talk about the Congress bad, it doesn't matter who's in office, you can talk bad about them, then you're going to gossip about somebody, and then you're going to watch TV shows all about gossip and repeat the gossip. And you wonder why your harvest has been contaminated. Your mouth has spinach. 
Is your mouth writing a check that's depleted your bank account? I'm just getting started. This is not the time to our online campus to go watch something else. No, 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 don't, no, no, no. It's for you too, don't, no, no. All right, before we go forward, I need some amens from YouTube right now, some amens on Facebook, some amens on Faith Plus. Come on, put some amens in that chat. And let us not grow weary while doing good or get tired of doing the right thing. For in due season, at the right time, we shall reap if we do not lose heart or we do not faint. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. We're not supposed to get tired of doing the right thing. Well, no one noticed me. Well, Jesus noticed. So you mean you only do the right thing as long as people praise you? You mean you only obey the Bible if somebody noticed you obeying the Bible? Do you know what Jesus said to the Pharisees who they act like that way? If you're doing this just so people can go, ooh, you look spiritual, baby, that's your reward. People say, you look spiritual is your reward. But if you do it in such a way because you're honoring God, he says God will honor you publicly. God will reward you publicly. Jesus does not mind you being reward-minded. He doesn't. You read through the Gospels, he has several chapters about how to receive rewards, not just in heaven, but in this life. But don't miss out on rewards because you decide to be ratchet. Because if you sow ratchet, you will reap ratchet. And you can blame everybody else. It's the man, it's the woman, it's this, it's that. No, baby, ain't them, it's you. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Because we say, oh, what does it really mean to sow to the flesh, pastor? Nobody really knows. Oh, no, no, Paul talked about it five, so let's read it. And so you can't blame the King James. I'm going to read it to you from the New Living Translation. Let's start in verse 13. Let's get you going before we get right into the works of the flesh. Galatians 5, 13, it says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature or to satisfy the flesh. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature or the flesh wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. So what does this mean? Your reborn spirit, your born-again spirit, the new creation on the inside, is constantly battling your body. Because your body wants to do some stuff that will kill you. If your body just did whatever it wanted, you would not have a good life. It'd be fun for a moment, but then you got to pay for it. Because the Bible says sin is fun for a little while. Sin is fun until you pay for it. Don't look at me so holy, old pastor. Sin's not fun. No. Sin is fun until you pay for it. Notice what it says next. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not un under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature or the flesh, the results are very clear. Didn't say it's guesswork. Very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. Now, when we look at this word sorcery, some of you picture different movies, and you see these wizards or witches doing these different spells, and I'm sure that's included. But that word for sorcery is where we, it's pharmakia. It means drug use. So he's not talking about you being a witch. He's not talking about you being Harry Potter, although that's included. He's talking about you lighting up. You say, oh, yes, we can't be participating with Harry Potter. That's witchcraft. Well, you smoking weed all day is witchcraft, too. I 
can't believe he said that. Oh, no, 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 no. The end of the book of Revelation talks about people are unwilling to repent of their sorceries. Same word. Unwilling to repent of their drug use. I know God wants me to live differently, but this weed is pretty good. Here's what you miss, because we live in 2023, and we think, you know, differently in this modern Western mind. But the ancient Western mind and the ancient Eastern mind was very different than what we know today. You have to understand that a lot of things people do today that is listed in the Bible as sexual immorality, and a lot of things people do today that's listed as sorcery or drug use is how they worship false gods. And so when they would go into the temples, they would do all these different things. There would be drug-inspired orgies to worship the false pantheon of gods that they served in those days. So a lot of things you think is just okay, 2,000 years ago would have been called a worship. Who are you bowing to? Because you have to understand music is designed to make you bow. Don't you remember in the book of Daniel when Nebuchadnezzar said, when the beat drops, you bow down to my image. That song was made to make the people bow. That's why you have to be careful what you listen to because there are going to be some songs that makes you bow to stuff that you don't believe. And if you keep listening to it, soon enough you'll believe it and you'll bow down to it even though Jesus is supposed to be your Lord. What are you worshiping, Christian? Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, decision, division, envy, drunkenness. Do you know this word drunkenness is the Greek word methe? It's the root word for meth. There is nothing new under the sun. And even with some of these priests and priestesses in these ancient religions, the way they would contact these false gods, demonic powers, is they would get high. Some would be swung over these vats of drugs bowling up into the sky. They'd get high and they'd come back and prophesy in another voice. That's how they contacted the spirit world. Oh, we don't do that today. Oh, really? See, I have this friend of mine. You know, he's been out of this world for a couple decades, but he used to be on tour with the top artists of that year. And if I listen to the songs, you would know the songs that could repeat the songs in front of me, so I'm not going to do that today. And so he would travel with him, but he would say, here's how we would get the beats. We'd get high. And as we got high, we would get these beats, and then we would make number one songs. You gotta be careful what you're listening to. Oh, it's legalism. No, I'm telling you, before you push play, listen to your spirit. Should you listen to this? Read the lyrics. Do you believe those lyrics? Do you really believe those lyrics? Or if you sing it, do you want what you're singing to happen to you? You know, I was counseling youth years ago, and you know, he was telling me, he's like, Pastor, I'm really having a problem with anger and depression. I said, let me see your phone. Let me look at what you're listening to. And his number one playlist was an artist who struggled with anger and depression. And I said, bruh, cut this off, you be better. And guess what, he cut it off, and he was. I don't think I've gotten through my introduction yet. Wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, the works of the flesh or the sinful nature ascribed here will produce destruction, ruin, corruption, and decay in your life. It will steal different aspects of the abundant life Jesus provided for you. He'll keep pouring, but he'll keep running out. Go to Proverbs chapter 5. Because some say, well, pastor, 2023, things are different now. Okay, with your holy self. Proverbs 5, let's go there. Proverbs chapter 5. Let's take a look at this. 
Proverbs chapter 5. I'm going to start with verse 1. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment, and your lips will express what you've learned. For the lips of an immoral woman are sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as the double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. For she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. So now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. Don't get as close as you can. No, don't go near the door of her house. If you do, listen to this, you will lose your honor and will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth, and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. You will say, how I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brink of utter ruin. Now I must face public disgrace. Notice what says at the end of this chapter in verse 22. An evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. Now Proverbs cycles back to the same topic in chapter 7. I'm just read you the last three verses of the chapter. Still talking about sexual immorality. Don't let your heart stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Listen to this. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. What is it describing here? Sexual immorality. Oh, pastor, love is love. Is it? Well, pastor, I ain't hurting nobody. Yes, you think your porn habit and your OnlyFans account ain't hurting nobody. But that bedroom is the den of death. It will cause you to lose your honor. It will cause you to lose your money. And it causes you to be consumed with diseases. Don't you say, oh, I don't know what the Bible means. You know what STDs are. Well, pastor, it wasn't anything physical. Okay, we can go there. You want to quote 80 songs, physical, physical. Emotional counts too. Oh, y'all want to be quiet now. Emotional counts too. But also your imaginations. Well, it's not physical, it's not emotional. I'm just in my mind. That counts too. And so you may not have physically acted upon it, but you got some holes in your cup. And you think because the culture says you could, or because the government says it's okay, or your favorite artist sang about it, or because someone did this and now you respond this way, you think it's okay, and you're looking horizontal and you forgot to look up. Not only did you forget to look up, and you're looking just horizontal, but you can't see the other dimension. And you don't realize there are demons happy to support your habits of darkness. Now I'll tell you this, I heard this from another man of God who thinks it's completely true. He said, there's not a demon behind every rock. It's more like every other rock. So many of you are partnering with demons by doing these works of the flesh. And they're right there to steal from you all the time because you don't recognize it. But you're making your faith confessions. You're standing on the word. You're believing to prosper. Harvest comes in and then it disappears. As it says in Haggai, examine your ways. And it's not God doing it to you. It's the harvest of what you sowed. 
And the thing is, it doesn't, see, here's the deceitfulness of sin. It doesn't always show up immediately. Sometimes it's years down the road, decades down the road. And when it shows up, it doesn't just harm you, it harms your kids too. What are you sowing? Are you securing bags with holes in them? Go to Ephesians 5. Don't worry, I'm out of my introduction. Ephesians 5. We'll look at verse 15. I so want you to experience the life God has for you. It's such a desire of my heart for you to experience everything Jesus has for you. And your heavenly Father wants you to experience it even more than I do. Billions of times more than I could desire it, he wants you to experience it. But if you keep putting holes in your cup, you won't experience it. And what happens with deception, when you deceive a little bit, if you don't change and embrace the truth or love the truth, you'll keep going into deception. And what happens, your heart becomes harder. And eventually, after a hard heart has been hard for a while, you'll keep making decisions and be turned over to a reprobate mind, a mind that cannot tell the right from wrong, truth from evil. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't live thoughtlessly, but live in keeping in mind what God has called you to do. Live in such a way where you keep the will of God for your life in your mind. When you make decisions, is this going to help me fulfill God's plan for my life, or is this going to take me away from the plan of God for my life? You say, well, pastor, it's taking so long for things to happen. But is the decision you're going to make going to speed it up, or is it going to delay it further? Notice well, the Holy Ghost says next to the Apostle Paul. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Silent in this house of God. <laughs> Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. If you're always drunk and you're always high, your life will always be ruined. I don't think I've ever met a person who said their life is better because they're always drunk. Now, I have told you, now that I've been in ministry almost 20 years, as many people I've counseled whose lives have been ruined by alcohol. We come to church on Sundays sometimes. We give sometimes. We believe in God for the abundant life, but we have lifestyles that rob it from us. And these words that God gives us is not because he doesn't want, love us or doesn't want us to enjoy life. He gives us these words, these rules, these commands so that we can enjoy life. He's warning you, this will kill you. This will destroy you. This will put you in the hands of the enemy. These are loving warnings from your heavenly Father who wants you to experience a wonderful life. But so many times, you choose these habits over his habits. But he loves you so much. So the next time you pick up weed and you want to smoke it, I want you to have it in your mind. Well, if I'm smoking this, I want to be broke all my days. I want you to keep it in your mind. Well, I want to ruin my life. Because that's what you're doing. Well, pastor, I'm addicted. I have a habit. Cool, let's get you free of it. He'll do it. That's the God we serve. 
well, pastor, what if I'm, I have, I'm trying to break it, but I'm in this habit? All right. Instead of, since you know it's wrong now and you believe it's wrong, start saying, I don't need this. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't need this. But pastor, I'm smoking it. Keep saying it. I don't need this. Every drink, I don't need this. I'm a new creation. I don't need this. I'm righteous. I don't need this. Do you know what you'll eventually do? I don't need this. Work out your salvation. You have to understand, I don't care how long you smoke stuff. I don't care what your lungs look like. You turn it over to Jesus, he'll get you free and give you some new lungs. I don't care how long you've drunk stuff. I don't know how, care what you made your liver to look like. You turn it over to Jesus, he can give you a new liver. I don't care how much meth you've done. I don't care what your teeth look like. We serve some Jesus who will give you another set of teeth. But you have to make a decision saying, I don't want this life no more. I want the life God has for me. And God, if you'll help me, I won't go back to that. He has life for you, real life, abundant life. He doesn't want you stolen from anymore. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever seen someone who's always singing? I'm not singing the, song, singing the blues, but I'm talking about singing happy songs. They just always got a song in their heart, humming everywhere. You just see there's so much joy. And you look at their life like, man, life must be good if they're just skipping and singing and smiling and rejoicing that's what God wants for you. Where out of your heart comes your own playlist. A playlist of thanksgiving. A playlist of praise. A playlist of songs by the Holy Ghost. That's what he wants for you because he has a good plan for your life. His plan for your life is not based on your past. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't care what you smoke, what you drink, who you did it with. If you leave it in the past, you can go to the future God has for you. But you have to make a decision to leave it, which means you can't touch it in your mind. So what are you talking about? You can't keep thinking about it. You keep thinking about it, you go back to it. You have to make a decision, I'm looking forward. I'm going to the future God has for me. Go to Proverbs chapter 27. Let's begin to bring this to a close. Proverbs 27. Are you securing bags with holes in them? Proverbs 27. Start with verse 23. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds, for riches are not forever. Nor does a crown endure to all generations. When the hay is removed and the tender grass shows itself and the herbs of the mountain are gathered in, the lamb will provide your clothing and the goats the price of a field. You should have enough goat's milk for your food and for the food of your household and the nourishment of your maid servants. What is this talking about? Management. Being a good steward of what God has put in your hands. Mismanagement, poor stewardship, or lack of diligence will cause you to lose what God has provided you. Remember the principle of faithful stewardship. If you are faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with much. And so what happens is, in addition to the things we talk about today, you have to steward well what you've been given. Because if you steward well, God will give you more. So that means, it says, pay attention to what you got. And you might think, well, that's basic, but so many people don't pay attention to what they got. They don't know what's going in, and they don't know what's going out. The only people who know what's being spent is the bank because they have this list in the credit card company. You have to pay attention to what you have. You have to look at what you have. You have to, as we talked about last week, have a budget. And not just have a budget that you open up at the beginning of the year and don't think about it until you set New Year's resolutions again the next year, but have a budget that actually directs what you spend. Your budget doesn't exist for you to see where your money went. 
Your budget should exist so you can tell your money where to go. But pastor, you, you should see my credit card bill. It's something else. Start small. I got a lot of debt. Pay off the small one first. What do I do after that? Pay off the next one. Pay off the next one. You have to start somewhere. If you sit overwhelmed all your days, you never go forward. You have to start somewhere. So you have to pay attention to what you have. You have to do this as an individual. You have to do this with your family. And if you lead a business or an organization, you have to do the same thing. And you have to make decisions that may be uncomfortable. Or maybe someone doesn't like. But if it's your job to be a steward, then you need to make the decision. I've made the decision where it concerns my life, my house, and this church. I will be a wise steward. I will not let it fall into moral decay, and I will not let it fall into financial decay. I'm the shepherd of this house. I'll make uncomfortable decisions as often as I have to. Because the thing is, if I believe the future is bright, then I do what's necessary. I do it at my house. I do it in this house. I want you to do it in your house. Oh, pastor, it's uncomfortable. Well, God didn't call you to be comfortable. He got, gave you a comforter. Some of you may not be losing what you have because of sexual immorality or drug use or other things we talked about today. It just may be because you're not managing well what God gave you. And you're believing for more, but God won't put more on your hand until you learn this lesson of management. Because if you put more on your hand, you'd be in more debt. Because money's not always the answer. Because God could give some of you a million dollars today, and tomorrow you'd be two million dollars in debt. We've heard all heard the stories of people who won the lottery and ended up in bigger debt. Fast. Money is not always the answer. Sometimes it's wisdom and it's correct application. You have to steward well what God puts in your hands. And you cannot let the enemy distract you and make you spend unwisely. Because some of you spend unwisely not because you're not trying to spend wisely, but because the enemy attacks and your emotions are involved, you decide to either eat through physically or eat through financially what you have to self-medicate. And so you've been saving really well, but now the enemy attacked, and now you're spending what you saved because you need some retail therapy. Retail therapy is fine if it's in the budget. I hear more amens over here, so I'm going to go mess with y'all a little bit more. <laughs> retail therapy is fine if it's in the budget. But also you have to make sure that you... When you're going through things, we all go through things, you can't always turn to food to self-medicate. Because more than likely, you're not turning to healthy food. You're not turning to apples or broccoli or carrots or peaches. You're not turning to that. You're not saying, oh, it's been a bad day. I need some fruit. You ain't doing that. You go into the grocery store, and you raiding that ice cream section. I need this one. I need this one. I need some cookies. Ooh, that pie looks good. Let me get that. And so you're watching all these sad movies, all the sad music in the background. You go through all this food. Spend more than your budget than you plan, and the next day you feel horrible. And now you gotta work it off for a couple of weeks, you gotta eat better, and finally get back a month later to where you were before you had your pity party. Amen. Have you ever looked what you spent on your pity party before? Because usually when you're ready to the ice cream section and you those moves, you don't care how much it costs. You don't care about inflation. But I need that tub and that tub and that tub and let me Uber eat something to the house too. It's costing you. Because what happens if you add all these things up, you realize God really did prosper you. And it's not because prosperity doesn't work. It's just because you haven't worked the word. You work the word enough to get the harvest, but you didn't work the word enough to keep it and grow it. And sometimes it doesn't just eat the provision, it also eats the seed. Because remember, 2 Corinthians 9 talks about God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Are you mismanaging your seed? The enemy attacks, and so you respond in such a way you don't have seed to sow anymore. 
And so now you're sacrificing your future because of a moment. That means you have to learn how to manage your moments better. We all have moments, but if we know we're gonna have moments, then we need to have a strategy to handle the moments. Do you know something that's healthy that won't cost you if you have one of those moments? A walk. A walk outside. Oh, it's at night, you can do some push-ups. You can walk back and forth in your living room if you have to. Not gonna cost you nothing. Might save you some money. May make you healthier down the road too. Have a plan. Have a strategy. What are you gonna do when you feel stressed? Oh, pastor, I'll never feel stressed again. Uh-huh, okay. What are you gonna do when you feel stressed? What are you gonna do when the enemy tempts you with the pressure to take the pressure? What is your response? Have a strategy so that you overcome every single time. Because you say, well, pastor, taking a walk or hitting the gym is not spiritual. Says who? Are you a spirit? Yeah. Then a lot of things you do is spiritual. I knew it was good for me to take walks probably at least once or twice a day in addition to everything else I do. And so I do it. And about half those times, I'm talking to God while I walk. So these walks that's burning calories are spiritual. Oh, there's stress at hand. Okay, I need to hit the gym. But I'm going to hit the gym and make sure I have in my head what I need to hear. So that as I manage the physical stress, I come out emotionally better. And now one of the things I found out, and maybe I'll post a link later, you know, because, you know, sometimes when I like, work out, I like a beat. I don't need how great thou art when I'm trying to push up weight. I appreciate how great thou art, but not when I'm bench pressing. And so I found stuff that's gonna encourage my heart and my soul while I lift. And then I found this Bible app that has, that goes through the Psalms and scriptures with a beat behind it. I was like, I can listen to this all day. What am I doing? Managing not just my physical body, but my soul. Because he says, prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So that means you need to do what's necessary for you to make sure that your mind, your will, and your emotions are healthy and prospering. Because if you don't, it will affect your pocketbook. It'll affect your bank account. It'll affect your physical body. You'll believe in all day to prosper, but you gotta work on this. You gotta work on this if you're gonna live the life God wants for you. Are you securing bags with holes in them? Go to Haggai chapter one. Haggai chapter one. I'm gonna get going for the sake of time. Verse one, on August 29th of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord gave a message through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, and Joshua, the high priest. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. The people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai saying, why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat bread, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you are putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Now a lot of times we read that out of context, we think all oh, the people just didn't care about God. They just didn't have their priorities straight. They didn't care about God's will, and so that's why that life fell into ruin. But when you read it in context of the book of Ezra, that's not the full story. They started with building and rebuilding the temple of God. They started well, but then they ran into opposition. They ran into the ratchetness of the enemy, and they gave up. They stopped doing the will of God for their lives. They stopped working together to advance the plan of God in the area, and they went back to their individual lives. 
So the Holy Ghost stirs up two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, and they begin to preach and proclaim. And we read part of Haggai's message. He says, what are you doing? Why are you saying it's not time to rebuild the Lord's house? Why do they say that? Because of the opposition. They looked at the opposition, they looked at that drama, and they decided it must not be time to do what God wants me to do because of the opposition and drama. I'm going to go do my own thing. And so what happens? They stop putting God first because of the drama. They stop putting God first because of the opposition, the persecution, and the affliction. They went back to their own thinking, thinking there's good. They have reasoned themselves religiously why they needed to stop advancing the plan of God. They go do their own thing, but now it's not working the way it should. Notice, I didn't say they wasn't harvesting. They were harvesting, but it wasn't as much. What they had wasn't lasting. They were securing bags with holes in them. So Haggai begins to prophesy and preach. Zechariah begins to prophesy and preach. And what is the result? Ezra chapter 6 verse 14. It says, so the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo. And they built and finished it according to the commandment of God of Israel and according to the command of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. So what happens when they began to put God first and fulfill the plan of God for their lives? They began to prosper again. Do not let opposition keep you from putting God first. Because this is more than just about tithing. Yes, tithing is putting God first in your finances, but it's far beyond that. It's making sure that God is first in every single area of your life. You cannot let the pressure, the opposition, the persecution, the affliction, the culture cause you to put God on the back seat. Because if you do, everything else in your life will be limited. And you won't experience the abundant life that God has for you. But what did God promise in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Make sure you're putting God first in every single area of your life. That is the process for things to be added to you. Putting God in the back seat is the process for things to be subtracted from you. And it's not because you don't have a heart from God. It's not because you don't want to do right. You may just be like the ancient Israelites. The enemy attacked. The pressure was there, so you backed away. You got off your faith. You started just doing what you could do. And I'm not saying you're not loving God or serving God, but it's not what it used to be. Whereas God told the church at Ephesus, you've lost your first love. Return to where you've fallen from. As the prophet said, examine your ways. Not your neighbor's ways. Your ways. What are some things you need to check today? Every head bow, every eye close in prayer. What are some things you need to check? What are some things you need to deal with? What are some things you need to repent of? Or forgive others for? You need to make that decision to obey whatever the Holy Ghost told you to do, not just through what you heard come through my mouth as I preach today, but the things he said to your heart. Because he's telling you these things so that you can prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. He's telling you these things so that you can be whole. He's telling you these things so that you can experience the abundant life to the full till it overflows. That's why he's talking to you today. It's because he has great, plans for your life. Don't miss out on it. Don't miss out on it. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe it encouraged you and is to help you make Jesus famous in your everyday life. We would love to be stay connected with you. So subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel, download our Faith Plus app, and visit us at FCCGA.com to learn more about our ministry. If you would like to support our ministry financially, you can also do so by our website at FCCGA.com or by texting FCCGA to 73256. If you would like to submit a prayer request, you can do so at our website as well. We would love to agree with you in faith and we know you'll receive an answer according to the word of God. 
Once again, thank you for streaming this message. And remember, God has a great plan for your life and something good is going to happen to you today. So expect miracles. God bless.